It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, March 11th. I'm Kelly Reese and this is your KVMR Evening News. Up ahead on the California Report, the state's top conservation official warns California is barreling full steam ahead into its third year of drought. And so far, more than 2 million Ukrainian refugees are estimated to have fled their country. Tonight, we hear one of those stories. We'll take a look at regional news and weather before we hear from Nevada County's Deputy Public Health Officer, Dr. Glenna Trochet, on the arrival of the new COVID-19 variant, BA.2. Then Felton Pruitt sits down with Todd Schaefer from Railroad Earth. This is the California Reporting. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. The state's top conservation official says that California is very clearly headed into a third year of drought. He encouraged Californians to save water, but the state is not yet mandating it. KQED senior climate editor Kevin Stark reports. Natural Resources Secretary Wade Crowfoot said the fingerprints of climate change have been all over the state's weather these past six months as it whiplashed between soaking rains and bone-dry conditions. The driest January, February, and now March period in California history. He renewed calls for people to conserve water, speaking at a press conference in Sacramento where no measurable rainfall has landed for 60 days. Crowfoot said any decisions about mandated water cuts are best left to local water agencies. Californians have only tepidly responded to the state's calls for conservation, doing less than half of Governor Newsom's 15% ask. March marks the end of the state's traditional rainy season, and there's no significant drought relief in weather forecasts. For the California Report, I'm Kevin Stark. According to the United Nations, more than 2 million people have fled Ukraine since Vladimir Putin launched his invasion of that country late last month. Two of them are a 94-year-old mother and her 70-year-old son with family in San Francisco. The California Report's Mary Franklin Harvin says they made it to safety in Germany just yesterday, thanks to a tweet that eventually reached two of Ukraine's most famous athletes who stepped in to help. Katya Sevchuk was born in Kyiv but emigrated to the Bay Area in 1989 as a Soviet refugee. She came with her mother and maternal grandmother to escape anti-Semitism in the former Soviet Union. Her father, Yevgeny Berdal, is a retired government worker, and he has a disability that prevents him from driving. His mother, Katya's grandmother, Zoya Berdal, is 94 and has weathered significant challenges in her life, including losing both parents during the Holocaust and, only recently, surviving COVID-19. Up until they fled recently, they shared an apartment in Kyiv. Savchuk said her father didn't initially believe that the invasion would happen. He kind of was constantly monitoring the news and would tell me, you know, we hear explosions, um... We have the lights off. You know, they turn the lights off at night to avoid being seen by aircraft. Savchuk's grandmother didn't feel safe getting down to the bomb shelter in the basement of their building and was hesitant to evacuate. You know, she's lived her entire life there. I think she was very frightened. Um, she actually hadn't been outside, I think, in a year. She, she just, you know, was adamantly refusing to go. But Savchuk's father finally convinced her. So I um, put out a tweet and I just said my 94-year-old grandma, who's a, a Holocaust survivor, and my father, who's disabled, are 
trapped in their apartment in Kiev. He can't drive. She has trouble walking. Does anybody have any suggestions to get them out? And I did not expect um, the response that I received. More than 30,000 retweets, more than 90,000 likes, and according to Savchuk, at least 100 direct messages. Among these viewers was a German journalist whom Savchuk didn't know directly. He saw the message and was moved to act on her family's behalf. He knew uh, Vladimir Klitschko, who's a famous Ukrainian boxer, uh, and his brother, who's uh, Vitaly Klitschko, who's the mayor of Kiev. And he mentioned, you know, the situation to them, and they decided that they wanted to help. Klitschko asked for help from a volunteer branch of the Ukrainian armed forces. So they, they found a, a Toyota minivan that the dealership just, just led to them, really. And um, my uh, dad, my grandmother, and a, a friend of my dad's who's, who also helps care for her, um, and also that woman's parrot, <laughs> got in this minivan and, and set off um, on this journey. With armed escorts who, just weeks ago, were regular civilians. The guys that were with them in normal times, you know, one of them's a, a film producer and on the city council, um, you know, but now they're wearing, you know, bulletproof vests, they have Kalashnikovs, and they, you know, escort them um, to the Hungarian border. Finally, yesterday morning, they reached their destination, a hotel in Heidelberg, Germany. Her grandmother, Zoya, weathered the trip like a champ, Sevchuk said. I think one of the first things she did when they arrived in the hotel was to ask for some cognac. They have these accommodations in Germany, for now, but aren't really sure where their next permanent home will be, says Sevchuk. And while she's so grateful for the waves of support that have been life-changing for families like hers, she still feels conflicted. You know, the refugees in this war are, you know, being portrayed a little bit differently than, than refugees um, have been in the past from other parts of the world um, where people aren't necessarily white and uh, European. You know, I'm really glad that there's such an outpouring of, of empathy for refugees from Ukraine. I just do wish that the same you know, sensitivity of coverage and, and perspective was also applied to refugees coming from anywhere. And in the meantime, Savchuk feels even more responsible to support others with similar plights, with the resources she's gathered through this process. For The California Report, I'm Mary Franklin Harvin. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Stanford Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And the James Irvine Foundation committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. And that is the California Report for this Friday, March 11th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer. 
Katie McMurrin, Chris Hoff, Jim Bennett, and Brendan Willard, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and weekend. Now let's take a look at regional news. Nevada County Public Health reports 12 new confirmed COVID-19 cases. Five people are hospitalized. And it looks like new COVID-19 variant BA.2 has made its way to Nevada County. KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza reached Dr. Glenna Trochet for the latest on the highly contagious Omicron strain. We have known for quite some time that the, that strain, BA.2, has been circulating in our region, but we had not detected it in Nevada County, probably because we do very little whole genome sequencing here. We're able to sequence 25 random positive specimens a week. The state will run those for us. And we finally did have one positive specimen that was collected on February 22nd that was reported to us this week as the BA2 variant. So now we know for sure that it is in our county. Just because it's one specimen doesn't mean that that's the only one that is here. We're pretty sure it's been circulating at least since then in this county. And what do we know about BA.2 as it relates to BA.2? one, the Omicron variant. Is it more transmissible? That is what it appears to be. I'm going to tell you what we think we know about it, uh, but it is subject to change as we learn more. BA.2 does appear to be more transmissible than BA.1. So far, it doesn't appear to cause worse disease, uh, but we're not sure about that. It became the dominant strain in some other countries. In the United States, it doesn't seem to be taking over quite as quickly, although it does seem to be increasing. What do we know about this new variant as it relates to our current vaccine? The current vaccine appears to still be effective against it, probably not to the degree that our current vaccine was effective against the original virus, but still effective. Uh, Most of the oral antivirals that are available for COVID-19 treatment for people who are at high risk also appear to continue to be effective. There is one drug called Evusheld that is given to people who may not be able to mount a good immune response to the vaccine, and that uh, the dose of that medication has been doubled by the FDA to protect against this particular variant. So, Some medications may not be as effective, but our vaccine continues to be effective enough, certainly against hospitalization and death from COVID-19. Head over to kvmr.org to listen to Dr. Trochet's full interview. Nevada County's free green waste disposal kicked off today. The three additional weekends were added to the normal green waste disposal calendar to deal with excessive storm debris from the December snowstorms. There's no limitation to the size or volume of storm-related green waste debris residents may bring. However, trash, treated wood, and root balls will not be eligible items for disposal. You can drop off your green waste at 12625 Brunswick Road in Grass Valley anytime between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. The site will be open both Saturday and Sunday. 
Nevada County's next free green waste disposal weekend is March 25th, 26th, and 27th. Today, UBINET released a guide to getting ready for peak fire season. In it, they spend time on subjects including evacuation plans, vehicle safety, and neighborhood awareness. The guide provides an overview of essential information including driving during a wildfire, red flag days, packing your go bag, and emergency alert services. The detailed guide can be found on ubinet.com. Monday, March 14th, CAL FIRE will perform a prescribed burn at the Nevada County Airport off Loma Rica Drive in Grass Valley. Smoke may be visible in the Banner Mountain, Brunswick Road, and Glenbrook Basin. The prescribed fire will focus on 13 acres along the runway and taxiway areas. In addition to reducing fire threats, the hope is to improve pilot visibility to wildlife along the runway while reducing the spread of invasive weeds. The county airport will be shut down from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Monday. Apart from light smoke, no other impacts to the community are expected. Now let's take a look at our regional weather. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight clear with a low around 40. Saturday, sunny with a high near 63, and a 20% chance of showers after 10 p.m. Sunday, partly sunny with a high near 58. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, mostly clear with a low around 23. Saturday, sunny with a high near 50, and a 20% chance of snow showers after 10 p.m. Sunday, snow showers possible before 10 a.m., then mostly sunny with a high near 43. And in Sacramento and Woodland, Tonight, mostly cloudy with a low around 40. Saturday, sunny with a high near 72. Sunday, partly sunny with a high near 69. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Stay tuned, Felton Pruitt speaks to Todd Schaefer from the bluegrass-influenced Americana band Railroad Earth. Schaefer is a vocalist, guitarist, and songwriter. Railroad Earth is well known for lyrical songwriting and live improvisation. The band takes its name from the Jack Kerouac prose poem, October in the Railroad Earth. We're talking with Todd Schaefer from Railroad Earth. He's going to be coming out to our area and playing this Saturday night at the Oddfellows Hall in Auburn with some folks, uh, some really cool folks, as a matter of fact. Todd, it's wonderful to have you on the phone with us. It's nice to be chatting with you, Felton. And I want to mention, I'm also playing Friday in uh, Oakdale. Oh, where are you playing? At the uh, Dying Breed Brewing Okay. in, in Oakdale. So uh, two shows coming up. Very cool. And then uh, Saturday night at the Oddfellows Hall, and you're playing with the Coral Creek All-Stars. Now, I know this is a band that got thrown together. You want to Tell us a little bit about how that came to be. I'd have to ask my buddy Chris how it all comes to be because he um, he makes it all he makes it all fly and uh, it's it's sometimes a mystery to me. But he has a stable of musicians that he knows all over the place and great musicians. You know, I've been working with Chris since uh, the COVID days hit, and uh, it's kind of interesting. We were I was scheduled to do a tour with Coral Creek, which was his it's his band from from Golden, Colorado, and uh, I was scheduled to do a tour doing uh, solo sets, opening up for them, and then, of course, COVID came along. That whole thing got canceled, but Chris and I put our heads together and decided, um, well, we can't do 
band shows. It's just not uh, feasible right now, but maybe the two of us could go out and do some things. And we en- ended up doing stuff during COVID and it's developed a relationship, friendship. I've been done, done a lot of shows with Chris and it's been a lot of fun. And this is continuing along with that. He um, put these shows together with some friends from California. I think Murph is going to be playing the bass from New Monsoon. Uh, Eric Yates will be there from Hot Butter Drum, and uh, I think even Pete Grant's coming by. Yeah, that's what I see. I see the legendary Pete Grant on Pedal Steel. That'll be fantastic. Pete's coming by. That'll be fantastic. And so I'm going to play a solo set, uh, do a solo show, and then uh, Chris gets up with um, with the string band, with the band, and uh, and they play a bit, and I jump in and join in, and. Uh, we get it all together by the end, so that's that's how these shows have been running, and it's been a lot of fun. You know, I think the last time we saw you out here in Nevada City, you opened up for Yarn at the Crazy Horse Saloon, and you did a whole set, and then Yarn came out, and then you ended up playing with them a little bit, too. So this isn't anything new to you. You like to jam around with pals, don't you? I like it, and I and I love my solo shows. I, I enjoy playing them, and then, of course... I know how to play with a band as well, so it's <laughs> yeah. so it's fun to uh, get up and, and play with the other band. I know you're always timely because uh, when you came out and did your solo set uh, opening for Yarn a few years back, I remember Leonard Cohen had just passed away, and you opened with uh, Hallelujah. So uh, I don't know what you'll have for us this time. Wow, what a song that is, huh? Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you cover it really well, too. I, I, I enjoyed that. Hey, speaking of stuff you cover really well, uh, Railroad Earth has a new album coming out. All for the Song is what it's called, and um, uh, another uh, COVID delay. It was finished right before COVID, but of course we couldn't get out and uh, promote it and get behind it with any justice, so we put it on hold, and it's finally, it's finally going to see the light of day coming up in April. We're talking with Todd Schaefer from Railroad Earth. The new album is All for the Song, and I've heard one of the songs off of it. It's called It's So Good, and this sounds like a song that was written for COVID, but was it written before COVID happened? It was written before COVID, although it feels prophetic at this moment. It sure um, does, man. <laughs> I know. I know. It's uh, You know, we've played it. It's one of those songs that works great as a show closer. It works great as a show opener, you know, hits the moment in that way and uh, it's been a lot of fun playing it but yeah it's 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 kind of amazing to me well well geez it's it's quite appropriate right now you know it's it's so good to be here again it's so good to see a friendly face it's so good to see all of my friends in one place so it's it makes sense and it's a fun song and um, yeah it's been it's been a fun one in the shows Tell me a little bit more about the new album, All for the Sake of the Song Now, a new Railroad Earth album, something we've been waiting years for. Thank goodness it's here. You know, it's uh, it's a bit of a heavy record. It was it was recorded as Andy was um, going through all his difficult times, and the band was going through that with him. Uh, so there's a lot of that. Is Andy on it? He is on it. It's, it's interesting. It was a song that we actually... He had recorded all his parts. We tried every way under the sun to actually have Andy be part of the sessions as we were recording these songs. I actually worked with Andy here at my house doing some writing, you know, and he was in in pretty rough shape. But um, he was unable to 
make it to any of the studio sessions and we were unable to we even tried like you know bringing the studio sessions to him but that didn't work either so but um timmy had some tracks that he had recorded with andy and um we developed those and timmy wrote beautiful song around it and we also played with those tracks uh live in the studio and so he is on it. <laughs> that's, well, that's, that, that's sweet to hear. That's very sweet, because I know how tough it yeah. is. You guys were together for so long, and to lose a key member of a band that uh, had, had been together for such a long time is a hard thing. So, uh, But you guys found a way to, to meld it together and move forward. Yeah. We ended up going down to New Orleans and recording this, um, and we did that, you know, both because New Orleans is a great place to go and <laughs> create music but we wanted to do uh we we wanted to make a what you what we call a destination record we you know a lot of our records we've made very close to home we do so much traveling touring that uh when we have a chance to actually stay home for a bit we like to take it so a lot of our records have been made close to home and in fact a couple of them in my home <laughs> but uh this time we wanted to get away just the five of us this was um after andy had passed and we'd gone through this crazy time uh and it was the idea really was just for the five of us to have this uh, bonding time and this time together and it was cathartic in that way as as well as creating music and that was kind of the intention so there was a lot of that in this record too well, I know Tim Carbone's been doing a lot of side projects over the last few years. What have you been working on over the last few years as well as Railroad Earth? Well, I've been doing a lot of my solo shows. And, of course, I'm, you know, I'm always writing music both for Railroad Earth and my solo projects. But a couple of years ago, I actually released the first record in, I think, uh, 20 years of my prior band, From Good Homes. <laughs> After a very long time, we uh, got together in the studio made it, and made a new record. That one uh, is called Time in the River. You got to check that one out. That was actually how I became aware of you, was from the band From Good Homes, which was, I guess, that was back in, what, 98, 99, those years. Yep, it was the late 90s. We were on RCA Records and uh, had quite a thing going So this record, Time in the River, I think you might like it, Joe. You got to check that out. We certainly will. You know, Todd, I remember when, after you guys put out your first record, I did a promo for you when I, from uh, XM, and I, I called you guys a cross between the New Grass Revival and the Grateful Dead, and I remember you weren't real thrilled with that uh, comparison. <laughs> but um, I, think it, I think it served you well over the years, because you guys kind of have been, for, the, for me anyway, for the last 20 years, you are kind of a combination of the New Grass Revival and the Grateful Dead, and of course, everything that you guys are, you know, what you and Tim and everybody brings to the, the table. It's been a nice long ride, huh? Yeah. Holy cow. Incredible. 20, 20 years plus now, which is remarkable, really. And it doesn't seem like you have any thoughts of stopping. I mean, it seems like you're going full bore straight ahead. Well, we're excited to get this record out. We really like it, and it's it's been a long time coming, of course, like every other musician and band out there, we're excited to uh, get out and play some music again. It's been a crazy couple of years. You know, it's uh, baby steps right now. Things 
dates get put on the books and they get canceled to put on the books canceled. Yeah. <laughs> but we've, we've managed to get a few, uh, a few shows in and, uh, a little week and a half tour. We have another one coming up actually. I think the next time we'll be in California will be for the high Sierra fest. That'll be wonderful. And then of course you guys come out to Placerville there every year and do a hang town yep. as well, which is your and, own festival. Yes, it is. And, uh, it was a lot of fun this past year, and we brought some rain with us. Yeah. Too much. <laughs> well, well, we've been talking with Todd Schaefer from Railroad Earth. He's going to be playing Saturday at the Oddfellows Hall in Auburn at the Foothills Fillmore for Scott and Keep Smiling Promotions. And uh, we're always looking forward to anything that you do, Todd, has always enjoyed with us here at KVMR. So uh, thanks for spending a few minutes with you, and we'll see you Saturday night. Thank you, Felton. Nice chatting with you. That's our newscast for this Friday, March 11th. Head over to kvmr.org to catch up on anything you may have missed in tonight's newscast. KVMR gets support from Mandavi Center, presenting London's renowned chamber orchestra, the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields, with virtuoso violinist Joshua Bell. Saturday, March 12th at 7.30 p.m. Tickets at mandaviarts.org. Keep it tuned to your community radio station. At 6.30, it's the California Report magazine. On tonight's episode, stories about the lives of two very different musicians. One got his start in the black jazz scene in L.A. back in the 1940s. The other, a singer in 1960s Saigon. Then at 7, we have Democracy Now! with host Amy Goodman. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for tuning in this evening. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Don't forget to spring forward this Sunday.